0: Want to take this time and say thank you, Lord. We don't claim to understand, uh, nor, nor do we wish to ask why. We just want to serve you, and we thank you, Lord, that you keep just opening doors, one little step at a time. You keep moving us in the right direction. We thank you for what was able to be accomplished. Uh, In uh, Fleshman's yesterday, it seems so little for the effort put forth, yet, Lord, when we really stop and look, we we just thank you that you stepped in and multiplied our effort. Lord, we thank you for providing, for taking care of us, for keeping us. We thank you for the delivery of this little one, Lord, and uh, we just... Thank you for Anita getting baptized and, Lord, uh, being willing to sit down and think and straighten this thing out with her salvation and make sure that we may be together for all eternity. Lord, we thank you for the love that you give us as members of this church and, Lord, the ability to strive together to serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That uh, they are going to die in infamy they 're not that 's what the young uh, eagles means uh, shall pick it out and and uh, dying in a barren land dying of of need because there you can never be satisfied how much money is enough how how much will uh, you know how much will satisfy. No matter how much you eat, what happens about three to four hours later? You get hungry again. Okay, and if you're going to be a man that's given to appetite, we have people in this city that do nothing than pursue the next thing. And I mean, uh, you can you can do that if you want, but you will never ever be satisfied without the gospel, without the Lord Jesus Christ, without surrendering yourself to the Lord. Amen. And so he gives us four sets of four that we're going to look at here. He said, the first set of four, these are too wonderful for me. I don't understand it. How many of you have ever seen an eagle fly? And uh, there's been a couple of times my kids said, Daddy, look at the big bird. I said, that's a turkey buzzard, son. But I'll tell you what. You see one of those things flying. They get on those wind currents. You ever wonder why they circle? Somebody said, that's to mark where dinner is. No, that's the air currents. And they float on those air currents. How many of you know what a condor is? I mean, it's like this huge, ugly bird. Now, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I have a six-foot wingspan. That would be one wing of a condor. Get Brother Brett standing up here beside me, 12 foot across, sometimes even bigger than that. And these birds fly around some of the highest peaks in the world. And you know what they live off? Things that did, things that died. Uh, They are uh, uh, predators, but they like to wait until the meal is dead first. And then they go and enjoy themselves. How something, and I can't remember who it was, um, if you're an automotive at all, Uh, How many of you remember green antifreeze? And now it's orange. Do you know why? Because condors are so stupid that when people left antifreeze out, they would come the whole way down out of the mountain and drink it and die. And these environmentalists got there and a few other animals, but it was mainly the condors in California that preceded this whole process to change our entire radiator system because condors are not incredibly smart. Uh, There's nothing nice about condors, buzzards, and how something that dumb can be so beautiful in flight is only something God's sense of humor had to put together. Amen? And old Agar is sitting there looking at it and uh, Stephen, I think I talked to you about something, if you go out and help with it. Um, Agar said, it's just too wonderful for me to know how this ugly, stupid bird can sit there and just float on those airwaves up over some of the highest mountains that not until just the last few years, last 40 years or so, we've been able to fly planes over. And these eagles have been flying over them for untold centuries. You know, it, it's time for you and I just to stop and realize we're not near as smart as we think we are. You get down to the end of the chapter and what does he say? If thou hast done foolishly in lifting up thyself, he said, think about the buzzards. And in Agar's day, you couldn't fly like a buzzard. How many of you have ever seen those guys in the uh, Wing suits. They just dive off of a, a cliff and go soaring around. And, uh, you know, it, it's taken us millennia to get that done. Amen. Uh, for mankind to try to imitate the birds and, and they do that. But listen, Agar says it's too wonderful for me to know. How does a snake move on a rock? You ever thought about that? I mean, Agar is sitting here and he's thinking about things. I mean, if you're out in the desert or sandy area and you see a a funny little feathered S, go the other direction. That's a snake moving through the sand. It slithers back and forth and it pushes its body against the sand and it moves through the sand. How does it do that on a rock? How many of you have ever seen a snake on a rock? I mean, it's, it's an amazing thing to behold. And Agar says, I don't know how it works, but it's beautiful. Now, one thing we've all seen are these beautiful sailing ships in the ocean. I mean, isn't that a gorgeous thing? But I want you to go back. This is roughly 900 years or so before Jesus was born. You know, there were people, not very many of them, the Flat Earth Society. I think that still exists today. There's a group of people who, uh, I don't know, uh, claim the earth is still flat and that man's never been to the moon and all kinds of stuff like that. But have you ever thought about these ships 3,000 years ago sailing across the ocean? That is an amazing thing, is it not? How many of you know how to navigate by the stars? So, hey, well, I know the Big Dipper is north, right? No, it's the North Star that you pick up off the Big Dipper that's actually north, but that's not going to get you very far because if you are off on your azimuth, that's your direction that you take by reading the sun, even two or three degrees, guess what? You could miss North America by half a continent going across the ocean just a few degrees off And yet these ships were able to sail across the world nearly 3,000 years ago. Agar says, you know, that's just more than I know. It's just too wonderful for me. And then the last one is one that some of you will greatly appreciate. It says, he puts it right up there with things that are just amazing and unbelievable and you can't know. And he says, the way of a man with a maid. Now, what's he talking about? Can I put it in the vernacular? Why in the world did she marry him? How many of you have ever heard that before? I mean, guys, how many of you have had that directed at you, huh? Um, you know what? Love is an amazing thing, is it not? And you can't explain why somebody is attracted to somebody else, I believe that it's got to be the Lord. He is the one that should be putting people together, especially saved people that want to serve him. Amen? And by the way, uh, I've had people in the past that say, uh, you know, I don't know why we're together. Hey, if you've got somebody willing, you better hold on tight. Amen? It was like I told Peter a while back, I said, Son, I said they 're not going to be standing in line." He came up and said, she wasn 't she wasn 't, but I got one, and he was real happy with that, and still praising the Lord and all that wonderful stuff. Listen it 's something that God will give to people, and you accept it don 't try to understand it. I I was talking with somebody, I said, that's a problem, you'll never get married. He said, why? I said, because you want to understand what love is. Agar said, it's too wonderful for me, you can't know it. If you can understand it, I don't want that kind of love. I, I want the kind that's just a little bit beyond the level of my mind, amen? And that's what Agar is saying, and then he puts a almost a disjoinder here. Uh, uh, He's going to contrast this. He's saying, This is beyond my comprehension. This is something that I cannot know. Such is the way of an adulterous woman. She eateth eateth, and wipeth her mouth and saith, I have done no wickedness. He's saying, You know what? I can't understand how an eagle flies in the sky and how God took all that time to make that ugly, dumb bird be able to soar over the tallest mountains in the world. It's an incredible thing. He said, I can't comprehend how a snake moves on a rock, and yet I see it happening and it's a beautiful thing, and it's just, and and the ships negotiate the, the oceans and the seas and how two people will meet and fall in love and be attached to each other for their whole life. And he said, it's just as amazing to me in a negative sense how someone can do such wickedness and have no conscience toward it at all. No recognition that they've even done anything wrong. He said, I can't understand it. But let me tell you something, the world's full of it. Don't try to understand something the Bible says you don't need to understand. Stay away from it. Amen? Uh, On the negative side, enjoy it. On the positive side, and then he goes negative totally on us here, and he gives us four things. He said, for three things the earth is disquieted, and for four which it cannot bear. He said, there are just four things that the earth itself cannot stand that, that the course of nature is turned backwards almost. Now, this first one here, I mean, we could uh, go on ad nauseum. When this country was founded, and for the several hundred years before that in England, they had been debating this thing called the divine right of kings. And this idea was that God had created a certain class of people to be rulers and the rest of us are just poor luck Joes. Uh, We're just the minions, we're the nobodies and they're just this ruling class of a few people who really know how to do things. Uh, By the way, we're still debating that today. How many of you have heard the phrase being used, the smartest guy in the room? I mean, I get so angry when I hear that phrase because the smartest guy in the room is usually really dumb. I mean, they they use that phrase continually about our Secretary of Treasury who did not even know how to file his own income taxes. If you and I had done what he did, we'd be put in jail. They talk about our president being the smartest man in the room and how that he was just this and that. Uh, In fact, you put any politician and call him the smartest man in the room and I'm going to question your intelligence. How about that? Um, I get so tired of this and yet, you know, we have a mayor out there that, you know, believes he ought to measure the amount of sugar and salt in our food Uh, because we just do not know how to take care of ourselves, you know. Again, this all comes from this ruling elite. Uh, uh, I could go on all night. One of the most flagrant articles I ever read was, uh, was on Yellowstone National Park, and it was written by this park ranger, and he talked about how pristine and how, uh, wonderful! the ecosystem was at Yellowstone and they had a picture of him laying in one of these hot springs enjoying the hot water with snow all around and he was there in his shorts and uh, letting the hot water run over and here was the caption well if everybody did this they would destroy the park but I know how to take care of it uh, I, I'm just tired of this idea of That's not what this verse is talking about. When this verse says, the earth is disquieted when a servant reigneth. Have you ever met somebody that has done nothing and has no capabilities and all of a sudden they're in charge? Let me give you an illustration from history. In World War II, just before the war, as the Nazis were moving in and annexing nation after nation, what did they do? They found this disgruntled loser class of people that were out of work, they could not provide for themselves, And they trained them and they gave them a brown shirt and they gave them a swastika to put on their armband and they sent them out to rat out their own people and supplant their own government. That's what this verse is talking about. And all of a sudden you had Mr. Do-Nothing-Right in charge because he had bowed and scraped to the Nazis. Read history. That's how they subjugated many peoples. Well, I could go on. This servant reigning thing. It's when people who cannot take care of themselves are in charge of telling you what to do. Guess what's going to happen with Obamacare? It's going to be the IRS explaining your health care to you. Now, has anybody ever understood anything from the IRS? Get ready, it's coming. This is what it talks about when it talks about a servant reigning. It's someone who has never done anything. Why is the boss the boss? Have you ever thought about that? Why is the boss the boss at your company? Well, normally, he started the company, didn't he? He built it. He was doing your job 10 years ago. He was the guy starting out at the bottom, making whatever it is, widgets, and, and he learned how, uh, how to produce widgets, and then he taught other people how to make them underneath of him, and now he's got a company with 100 people working for him. Why is he the boss? You see, that's not a servant reigning. That's a man who knows what he's doing instructing others so they can get a bigger job done do you see the difference that doesn't give him the divine right of kings and that doesn't put him in a special uh, echelon of people under all the minions so some guys get this mentality about them but the most damaging is when you take a person who can do nothing who has done nothing who has failed at everything and all of a sudden put them in charge you know what that's called bureaucracy and so the earth cannot stand it when a servant reigns the next one is a fool that is filled with meat and you say is God against a foolish people uh, having a full stomach no what he's talking about here is when a foolish man has by his foolishness earned a comfortable living by foolishness. God hates that. It is the world turned upside down. God did never intended you to make a living through foolishness. Now, what we're talking about here is how, how does a fool do his work? This is the dream, is I go to work, and I get away with as much as I can, do as little work as I can, and get a great big fat paycheck for doing nothing. How many of you would like a job like that? Don't raise your hands. You see, that cannot sustain itself. That's why the earth is disquieted. Someone told, uh, was running some statistics a few years ago before this whole GM debacle. It was somewhere between 12 and 1,800 dollars of every vehicle was paying benefits to former GM workers who no longer were employed or producing anything in the company. How many cars did GM produce? I mean, tens of thousands of cars, and every one that rolled off the field, $1,800 of it was going into people's pockets who were not working to produce that car. You wonder why GM failed and the government had to buy them out, and now the union owns them. Why? Uh, Because the fools were filled with meat. You can't sustain it. Just like you give someone the ability to rule and reign who has not earned it, who does not know what's going on, it's going to collapse. Now the next one, an odious woman when she is married. Elizabeth Taylor's getting married again. No, she's not. She's dead. But anyway, uh, the simple truth is What does that do for marriage? You know, which, uh, well, I'm not even going to go there. Do we have to explain this one? How this destroys society? It's not talking about someone that hasn't taken a bath, all right? It's talking about someone whose life demeans everything that marriage is supposed to be about. These, these people say, oh, we just have an open marriage and we just do whatever we want. Listen, even, uh, what's that guy, uh, Rolling Stones? Uh, he married, Jer- Mick Jagger married a, wo- a woman named Jerry, okay? Even they couldn't stand each other after a while. The earth is disquieted. How odious do you have to be to marry Mick Jagger? I mean, come on. It's just, this is what it's talking about. And then the last one is a handmaid that is heir to her mistress. Now, why why does that get put in with the rest of them? Well, what is a mistress, the lady of the house, supposed to do? Well, in a normal world, get married and have children. Right? Would would that be the normal way? Of, why would a handmaid be heir to a, her mistress? It's because she is refusing the natural order of life. She doesn't want to put up with kids. I was in a doctor's office to get my medical certificate so I could keep my driver's license, uh, my CDL. And uh, I was just looking at... Uh, going through the covers, which is a dangerous thing sometimes, in the doctor's office, trying to find some news or something, drowned out the TV, and and there was an article, When No Kids Are Enough. And I thought, you know what, this ought to be interesting. And so I looked up the article, and it's quoting all these women who are very thoroughly pleased never to have any children. Uh, Let me ask you a question. How long can we go on as a people if all the ladies stopped having children? Uh, One generation. And by the way, someone's done the math. Europe will disappear as we know it in 50 years. Because the people who have inhabited Europe for the last several centuries, the last several millennium, are not reproducing. There will be no French people in a hundred years. I mean, maybe just a few. But France is going to be a Muslim country in less than 20 years. England, I think, may have 30. And America... Will soon, this idea of uh, the white Anglo-Saxon America is, is going to be gone in less than 100 years, unless some things change. Why? Because the handmaid is too busy trying to pass on her possessions and her things to her, to her handmaid. Her mistress is trying to pass on things to her handmaid rather than Ordering life normal. These things the earth cannot stand. It's going, societies will collapse if these things happen. And you can go through and you can check them out. And guess what? Are servants reigning? The people who do nothing, know nothing, and are good at nothing, are they in charge? Yeah. Um... Are people making a very comfortable living based on foolishness? Uh, Yeah. Has marriage become odious and downtrodden and looked down upon in this country? Yeah. And are people trying to pass things on to their friends instead of their children today? That's the whole thing about gay marriage. Yeah, uh, we're in trouble. The earth cannot bear these things. Agar's a pretty smart guy, eh, amen? Let's see, do we got time? Let's try to get through four more of these things. It says, there be four things which are little upon the earth, but they are exceeding wise. The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. How many of you knew there was a set of ants, a type of ants called farmer ants? And they actually go and they cut down leaves in the spring and in the summer as the leaves are there. They take them in and they chew them up and spit on them and whatever ants do. And this stuff grows into a fungus down in the little tunnels of the ants. And they eat on that all winter long. Pretty cool, amen? Who taught them all that stuff? Have you ever seen a lazy ant? They're always doing something. If Miss Frieda's not careful, the ants are going to chop down a tree that's just big around and 80 feet tall. I'll tell you what, they're exceeding wise. Now, how about the conies? Now, people have argued and argued, what are the conies? Well, the word cony in English means Rabbit. Do rabbits make houses in the rocks? How many of you have ever gone rabbit hunting? Am I the only guy here? Let me tell you, rabbits are feeble folk. But they will find the biggest pile of rocks and the thickest patch of of thorns, and that's where they dig their tunnels. Pretty smart. Amen? If you can't handle it, uh, if you can't handle the storm, get in a big house. I mean, how many how many years have we talked about people? they building castles and they got bunkers now that uh, they say nobody can get into. And then somebody builds a bomb that gets into them, and they build a bigger bunker. Uh, the locust, grasshoppers, the plague. I mean, they used to eat every green thing there was. How did they do this? There's no king, no queen grasshopper like there are with the ants and the bees and all that. And yet, they would go through a place, if you study even American history, back on the prairie, the locust would come in, and every green thing was gone. Spring, what happened? The following spring as you were trying to plant the larva from the year before was hatching and often they would eat two years in a row crops to the ground. There was nothing you could do. And then the little spider, where has not the little spider been? And it's interesting that Solomon says... The spider taketh hold with her hands and is in the king's palaces. Isn't that an amazing thing? Why did he say her? Well, most spiders that spin webs are the ladies. Do you think Solomon or Agar was smart enough to figure out the difference between a boy spider and a girl spider? He had to be, otherwise he wouldn't have put the feminine pronoun in there. Uh, he's a little smarter than some of us think they are. And I don't care how often you clean the cobwebs. Do they have cobwebs in the White House? Oh, yeah. Because those little spiders float in unseen through the window, and they make their... I don't know how they do that, but they, they do it. They're exceeding wise. The Bible tells us, learn your lessons... And so then we get to the last set of four here, and these things are comely in going. They go well. They look beautiful as they move. How many of you have ever gone to the zoo just to see if you could watch the lion walk around the cage? You know what lions are doing most of the time? Sleeping. But I'll tell you what. To watch a lion move is an incredible thing, is it not? Pound for pound, they've gone through this and said, nah, the elephant is much stronger than the lion and all of this. Pound for pound, the lion is the strongest of all beasts. Just the way the Bible says. And I don't know where I got that statistic. Greyhounds. Them weird Sickly-looking little dogs that can run 50 miles an hour. I mean, cheetahs did not live in the land of Israel. The fastest thing that was there was a greyhound. I mean, these little dogs. There's somebody here in the neighborhood that's got three or four Italian greyhounds, and they walk them all the time. I feel sorry for those dogs because they were meant to run faster than you can drive legally in Astoria. uh they're, they're beautiful things. A couple of years ago, uh, uh, my wife and I got to go to uh, Montana for a fellowship meeting. The, the church was just thirty miles outside Glacier National Park, and we drove up there and got to see the mountain goats. Tell you what they sure are beautiful. And what's the last one? A king against whom there is no rising up. How does a king have a kingdom where there's no rising up? He rules with the will of the people governed. Isn't that true? You see a king knows best how to rule his people when he listens and works with the people he rules. And by the way, there's not much difference there than there would be in a true democracy because you can't please everyone But if you please the majority of the people and have the heart of the people working together with the king leading them, they suppress dissension and rebellion in society automatically for the peace of the whole. In fact, uh, there is a few guys here in the United States, they called it life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. If a king would rule with those three principles in mind, it wouldn't be a tyranny. There would be as much freedom as in a republic. Because man does not have the right to determine what is right and wrong, but a king who loves God has a people who love God. Read the stories of David and Solomon. How much freedom did the average Jewish person have when Solomon was king. Let me tell you, as much as we have have had in the heyday of this country, and that's what this thing is talking about here, a king against whom is no rising up is a king who rules, not stomping out every, every moment of, uh, or thought of dissension, but a king who rules in the best interest of the people he governs. Be a wonderful thing. Normally doesn't happen because absolute power corrupts. Absolutely is what they said. Now we get down to the last two verses and we'll be done. If thou hast done foolishly in lifting up thyself, or if thou hast thought evil, lay thy hand upon thy mouth. Now, what does it mean, lay thy hand upon thy mouth? It means like this. because if you have lifted up yourself it says you've done foolishly if you're trying to promote yourself guess what you're going to say dumb things just going to happen you're not going to stop it if you've thought evil what's going to proceed out of your mouth for as a man thinketh in his heart it's going to come out here. It says the best thing you can do is muzzle yourself. Just close your mouth and keep it that way. Because you're just going to dig the pit deeper. That's what Agar is telling us. If you've thought foolishly, and the next verse says, you're not going to escape the natural outcome of things. If you take cream, When it talks about milk, they didn't have cream separators in those days. But if you took a gallon of raw milk and start churning it, what are you going to get? You're going to get a lump of butter in the middle of the milk because the cream is going to coagulate and make butter. It's just going to happen. Now, if you go to the grocery store and buy a gallon of whole milk and sit there, you can churn that until the cows come home. Uh, you can churn that until the milk turns to clabber and you're not going to get any butter because there's no cream in it. But if you get that, the whole milk, the original milk straight from the cow and you churn it, you're going to get butter. Just naturally think. If you grab a hold of your nose and start twisting, what's going to happen? I mean, if you wring your nose, you're going to get blood out of it. Don't try that, Philip, please. It, it will happen. You can't escape. I knew we were going to I knew I was going to catch somebody on that one. I just knew it. Thank you, Philip, for being an illustration. And the forcing of wrath bringeth forth strife. Why does he say the forcing of wrath? Well, what happens when you lift yourself up The easiest way to lift yourself up is step on someone else's head. Now isn't it? That's what he's talking about, the forcing of wrath. If you're going to get into the pit, if you're going to swim with the sharks, as they say, if you're going to toot your own horn, if you're going to do any of those things, you're going to force wrath and you're going to get enemies and you're going to have strife ongoing and you're not going to stop it. It's the natural outcome of things. So let's go back to the beginning here. And let's not lift ourselves up. What did he say here? Feed me with food, convenient with me. And give me neither poverty nor riches. He says every word of God is pure. That's where we got to go. We live in an incredible world. And if Agar were alive today, he might put some other things in here. But certainly the things that he picked, we still know about today, and they are absolutely wonderful and amazing. These four things that he talked about, if they become part of a society, that society will fail. No way. It's going to happen. Uh, The ants haven't got dumber. They haven't got smarter. They're still doing exactly what they did. The rabbits are still making their homes many fortresses and protecting themselves against dogs and all the other things that are there. The locusts still travel in their bands and the spider is still everywhere and you can't get rid of them. A lion is still incredible to watch. A greyhound. The mountain goats... And if there were a king who would rule with the will of his people, governed by the word of God, well, that's going to happen now, isn't it? It's called the New Jerusalem, and Jesus will be the king. And there will be no rising up, and it will be the golden age of all mankind. Aren't you looking forward to that? So stop trying to lift yourself up. And remember, if you're going to swim with the sharks, get ready to get eaten. Amen? Uh, I mean, that's what he's just simply saying there. The natural, these things are going to happen. If you don't want to have fights and ongoing issues with other people, stop trying to be the first among equals. It doesn't work that way. There is no such thing as a first among equals. But but we're all working together and somebody's got to be in charge. And, you know, if somebody's got to be in charge, it might as well be me. Wrong. Let's serve the Lord his way. And those are the words of Agar. Tell you what, a lot of good stuff there. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for Agar and how you've recorded these words for us today. And Lord, I would ask that you would help us to remember these words. And Lord, as bad as things are, as many of these things as we see going on in our world today, We just ask that you would let us keep our eyes focused upon you and instead of trying to lift up ourselves, to lift up the Lord. In your name we pray. And before we finish that prayer, we'll give you just a few...